Hi, this is Brian Janikowski, Thursday, March 29th. I'm Christian Thwaites. And I'm Emily Taken-Burtz, and let's get started with this week's market chat. So, Christian, we've had some volatility over the past couple of weeks, um, and, you know, ever since really uh, the end of February. But stocks have gotten cheaper. Um, do you see anything changed in the underlying economy and the outlook that we have, you'd say, for the next earnings season? Um, not, not too much. I think the bullishness of the around the economy, which we saw in December at the time of the tax cuts, has ameliorated quite a bit since then. Uh, the fourth quarter GDP numbers came out last week. Uh, this was their third revision, so they were up a little bit. I think we're at about 2.3%. Imports are very weak, which we expected. Inventory builds were also weak, which there should be a rebound. Um, job numbers we have coming out next week, I don't think are going to surprise too much. Uh, so I think generally the, the economy is, is kind of clicking along at this two, two, two and a quarter rate. Is nothing breaking it up to the upside, uh, but also there's uh, there's very little sign of any weakness anywhere. So that's that's a good thing. And I think what the market has been, as markets always tend to do, sort of reacting to all of the news and changes, leading with the tech sector, and uh, and has brought stocks down by quite a bit and and made them cheaper because we haven't had to revise down and don't see any reason to revise down earnings. So given that, and given the fact that we are dealing with a cheaper market uh, than two weeks ago even, should it be a time to buy right now? Well, I, I think depending on your time horizon, I don't think in our portfolios we've been we, we've been sort of quite comfortable with this position. And as you know, we maybe talk about it later, we put some protection on the, on, on the stock market because the volatility is back. Uh, and, it's, and it was so quiet for so long that 2017... Although we talked about it and warned about it, you know, that we, we went through a whole year where there was precious little volatility. I don't remember many days where the market was moving half a percent or more in a day. And just this last week, even on a short week of four days, we, nearly every day uh, was up 1%. And I think Tuesday was up nearly 2%, down 2%. So this volatility is back and it's going to be with us, I think, uh, uh, for quite a while. Um, it's, it's a natural course of the progression of stocks. But also, I think there's a lot more concern in the air. Uh, we've talked a lot about um, trade, economy, politics, um, and of course, most recently, the, uh, the 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 concerns around the tech leaders, uh, and that's probably not going away anytime soon. Let's turn to that because you know t tech has been a, a sector that has really been dragging down the market. Um, you know. When tech companies get bigger, larger, um, and they serve more people, they attract attention, right? So yes. they tax either more taxes, more regulation. Um, what does that say, given the, the position that Facebook is in now, um, you, should we be looking at these companies as no, no longer really growth companies? Well, this is the conundrum with... Facebook and to a lesser extent Google is that it is growing phenomenally. I mean, for a S and P five hundred company, and it is indeed sort of like the fifth largest company in the S and P, it's growing its revenues by twenty to thirty percent. Now, I don't know how long that rate of growth is likely to continue, and of course, the the concern last week was as if the platform becomes less attractive to 
buyers, then it'll become less attractive to advertise and some of that revenue will, will roll over. And then I think in the back of it is what kind of regulation and or taxation might they face. So that it's it's a conundrum. Normally you kind of get a rollover of growth and that's enough to take the bloss the you know the blossom off the off the tech growth rose. Uh, but this this time for those for those types of companies, uh, Facebook is and Google looking quite cheap. Um, the ones that aren't are the ones that are still on a high burn rate. So that's the Teslas and and uh, and Twitters and um, and uh, uh, who am I missing? Netflix. You know, those are the ones that I would have a little bit more concern about. So we're we're just kind of going through this correction. A lot of money has been made in tech in the last few years. Let's not forget. And and I think some of that money is more more than happy to come off the table. Uh-huh. Tech is twenty five percent of the index. Kind of you know the, at its peak it got to over thirty percent. It's getting close to that. And I think it's just it needs a second leg uh, of growth and a kind of a new sense of uh, you know story and news to propel it to you know to, to higher to higher grounds. Yeah, given the the uh, the gains that tech has made over the last couple of years, could this be you know a little bit of a positive mood so that we don't get quite a bubble in that space? Yeah, I mean, I I always like to see corrections and buying opportunities and. Uh, I think some of these stocks have got a little bit ahead of themselves, not all of them. Uh, and there is a phenomenon that some like, you know, Apple are just cash generating machines, hugely successful. Uh, their current risk is going to be if there are any kind of tariffs around the China supply chain, which might hurt them. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think it's, you know, corrections are healthy. Uh, they don't feel like it, but they are. And I think if we can kind of get a lower entry point and get some of the you know, hot, faster money out of the market, that's a good thing. And you see the the situation today in tech as not at all similar to where it was in 2000. Not really, although we put a graph in uh, in this week's blog which shows the performance of tech relative to utilities, utilities being the ultimate defensive sector. And we overlaid a graph of the last 10 years over a graph from the 1990s. And they they rather eerily match each other very very closely, and of course then there was a big uh, fall off um, in 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 that with with utilities doing much better in the subsequent five years between 2000 and 2005. But the difference was that 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 was even more of a bubble. This looks like the same graph, but it's on a slightly different scale, and. Uh, also, it took much longer to correct from that one. It, if you bought tech in 2000, you didn't break even until 2014. Um, and if you're in utilities, you, you broke even from the top of the market to the bottom in less than four years. So we, I, I think that was an extraordinary bubble. And the valuations and the exuberance were way in excess of what we got today. I think what we've got today is uh, you know a, a well-bid-up, overbought, sector of the market, but I don't think the same level of sort of craziness and uh, effusiveness that we had in in 2000. Great. I want to turn to to international markets um, because, you know, over the last year or so, they've done quite well. Europe, we talk a lot about, we talk a lot about Asia. Um, Do do the recent kind of trade trade moves on behalf of um, on behalf of the administration, do they threaten that growth story in Asia? Uh, 
A little bit, yes, because, um, you know, South Korea has been a, a great market. Obviously, it depends uh, heavily on exports, and that's been weak the last uh, few weeks. And I think it's, it's we don't really know what's going to, I mean, obviously, we had the China ones, and we had the steel ones, and steel, steel isn't a big deal for Korea. I mean, it's, I think the U.S. is seventh large importer, but, you know, we talked about this before. Um, steel imports into the U.S. are sixty, seventy billion dollars. It's you know, it's not such amount that that you know a single Korean uh, you know steel companies are going to go bust on this. But uh, um, I think it's the uncertainty, and and that we've just got this parrying of two superpowers, the U.S. and China. China's had it, you know, held its cards pretty close to its vest in terms of what it might do in terms of retaliation. Uh, and I think until that's sorted out, then the big uh, Southeast Asian exporters, global exporters, are going to be under a bit of a cloud. Okay. And um, I also want to turn now to bonds. Um, can you just give us a sense of what is happening in the bond market and what it potentially says uh, about investors' expectations moving forward? Yes. Well, I think there's two ways to think about the bond market. One is short-term and technical, and one is longer-term and fundamental. So the short-term and technical is that we've just come off a couple of weeks of one of the biggest refunding uh, parts of the calendar that we would have uh, in quite a while. There's about $240 billion of Treasury bills, so three-month Treasury bills were rolled over, came, came into the market. That's gross issuance. There was some maturities, so it's not that they all had to be, you know, come off note. But there's a lot of pressure on the front end of the market, which meant that the front end rates pushed up a little bit. Meanwhile, back end's rates have actually come down. The 10-year rate was uh, 285, 90 a few weeks ago. Now it's sort of in the mid-270s. So we've got this rate flattening going on. Now, some of that is technical, as we described, because of the big bill auctions. They're now out of the way. But I think what's happening is that the Fed is pushing front-end rates up. The financing of the twin deficits that we've talked about is going to be pushing up some of these shorter-term rates. But the long-term rates are sort of stubbornly not going up in yield, down in price. And I think that's because the market says there isn't going to be as much growth or it's going to have to be choked off much sooner than people expect, and there's not going to be the inflation that people expect. So, you know, we've had a number of calls about the end of the bond market, bull bond market, which is, you know, slightly ridiculous in the sense that, uh, you know, even even with rates going up, you can make uh, you can make positive returns in the bond market, and it's not the same in equities. But so I think it'll be very gradual, and I think the bond market is basically rather skeptical of the uh, of, of the growth uh, expectations which people have for, for the economy. It's, in other words, it's going to do well, but within a couple of years, the uh, you know it's going to be back back down again. So that's why people are still quite happy to be in you know ten year treasuries and, and beyond. So plenty of demand still for long-term bonds. Yes, and that's the that's I think important to remember is that the tre treasury rates are actually not dependent upon uh, on on supply. Curiously enough, you'd think that if a if a government was going to issue a heck of a lot of debt, it would push the price down, and that's you know kind of economics one hundred one. This tends not to be the way it works in the bond market. And one of the biggest exhibits here is Japan, which has got. Oh, I don't know. So, two hundred and seventy percent of of 
national corporate sovereign debt as a percentage of GDP. The U.S. is about 100%, and rates are still 0%. Ten-year rates are still 0%, and they've fallen, you know, uh, every year almost for the last 30 years. So I think um, I think what's happening here is that the bond market reflects more about what what inflation and, and growth is going to do, and the, it can easily absorb the supply side primarily because some of the attractiveness, uh, attractive characteristics the treasuries have over almost every other type of bond. If there is not um, an expectation of growth, what does that do then to our deficits and with this new tax plan? Uh, not good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we've, we've written it before about the, uh, the deficit, roughly five, six hundred billion. A lot of people expect that to go out to seven, eight hundred billion. Funny enough, I just ran the numbers this morning. The, the federal deficit since January 2017 has increased by nine hundred fifty billion dollars. Now, some of that is just the uh, it's not all discretionary spending, the sort of government spending like a drunken sailor. Some of that is you know, the entitlement, so-called entitlement programs, Social Security, which are funded, Medicare, which is funded, mostly. <laughs> um, and uh, But it does show that um, that, 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 that sort of deficit is still, is still increasing. And I think with the, uh, with the corporate tax revenues, which about, about $470 billion that they raise for the United States out of about $3 trillion. So uh, that number is going to go down by... Mm -hmm. So it's, it's going to widen it out for sure. Well, thank you, Christian. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks, everybody. Have a good long weekend. The markets are closed Friday. We'll be back next week. Uh, and here's a disclosure. Please note this discussion of our investment, investment strategy, including our research investment process, represent our investment, investment strategy at the day of this commentary, subject to change without notice. We cannot assure that type of investment discussed in this commentary will outperform any other investment strategy in the future, nor can we guarantee that such investments will present the best or attractive risk-adjusted investment in the future. It's for general information purposes only. References to an individual security should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell securities. Securities mentioned in this commentary are only several of the successful and unsuccessful investments by us. Do not represent all the securities we have purchased or the recommended. Although we deem reliable sources of information referred to in this commentary, we cannot guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any statements or numerical data. Past performance is no indication of future results.